You might think that all slugs are ugly little slime pickles that don't do much other than slowly slink away from anyone who might have a pinch of salt. But there's one salty slug that breaks the mold of what it means to be a slimy mollusk. The blue sea slug is a handsome lad that crawls, floats, and even swims to catch its venomous prey. But it takes more than pretty colors and dashing good looks to survive out here adrift in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy, your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I am Carlos. And today we're talking about the Magellan with a dark blue flagellum. Ew. It's not It's not really a flagellum. It's something else. I, but, don't, I don't like it. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> but more on that later. Really? More? Mm. How many times do we have to say the word flagellum? We said pupate a lot last episode. Flagellum's not that bad. <sighs> I disagree. Pupates. I like pupate, too. Do you love it? I don't love it. I like it. <laughs> okay. Uh, but in addition to being Joe, I'm also stopped up. Great. So, yeah. Like a month from me being stopped up, so it's not my fault. Yeah. No, it's not. It's just that time of and when year. And when you say stopped up, you mean your nose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not yes. constipated. <laughs> no, everything's great. Otherwise. Everything's regular. <laughs> every other orifice is doing great. Oh, this is off to a bad start. Speaking of orifices, <laughs> this 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 animal has two. That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything that goes in can also come out. That is good. It doesn't have to come out the same way. Uh, yes. Okay, good. I have a diagram. I just looked at it to confirm. <laughs> <laughs> the number of orifices. Uh, but yeah, today we're talking about the blue sea slug. Mm-hmm. A- and AKA the... AKA. I, I came up with one, but... Because the other ones, the, the ones that the, just the world has given it are, are pretty good. They're not hilarious, but they're 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 good nicknames. So I came up with the Nidarian Nightmare. Uh-huh. Um, and um, others call it the Sea Swallow. Yeah. The Blue Angel, which I love. Good. Um, and the Blue Dragon. Good. Which... Um, I'm glad you... Got came across that one because that's what I call it a lot. Yeah, I'm gonna call it the Blue Dragon a lot. Blue Dragon. <laughs> it's is just great. the coolest one out of the. Three. I like Blue Angel though. It just even even though it doesn't move very fast. You um, could also call it the Blue Glaucus. Yeah, I didn't want to do that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and 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 follow through with that spoiler? Okay, let's find out what the scientific community calls this guy. Okay, First Kingdom. You know it. You love it. You're in it. Kingdom Animalia. Yay! <laughs> Are the best kingdom, I think. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a vegetarian, you probably like other kingdoms. Like... Really? Plants. Plant kingdoms. But if you're a vegetarian, you eat plants. You, you mean you like them, like the flavor of them. Oh, I... <laughs> <laughs> sure, if, if the uh, best kingdom goes to whichever one is the tastiest, I still have to go with Kingdom Animalia, but I think some other people would disagree. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not every vegetarian or vegan likes the flavor of vegetables more than they like the flavor of meat. They just don't like to eat things that used to be adorable. Right. So, so the less adorable it is, the less it deserves to live. We've already established that. Right. Like, so the plant plants are like not adorable at all. So I, at best they're, they're pretty. (laughs) You can, you can have a dapper tree. (laughs) I would say that this animal is adorable, but we can we'll, we'll get there when we talk about what this thing looks like. Okay, phylum mollusca. 
We've been here before. Yeah, we have. This is familiar territory. With the uh, giant African land snail. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Uh, class Gastropoda, which oh. means uh, something with your foot. Stomach foot. Stomach foot, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in instead of an order, it has a million clades. Are you going to list them all? Because uh, I got them all here. Heterobronchia. Okay. Uthinura? Euthanura? Euthanura, yeah. Okay. Nudiplura? Sounds good. Or Pelura? Uh, Nudibranchia? Or Branchia? I feel like Branchia sounds better, but we call it Nudibranch. Yeah, I would say Branchia. Uh, Dexarchaea? Dexarchaea? Yeah, Dexarchaea. Dexarchaea? Well, no, yeah, I would go with, I would to go back, I would say Nudibranchia, because the, it's the same C-H-I-A yeah. in the end. Mm-hmm. Cladobranchia? And Aeolidida. Aeolidida. I only have one D. Aeolidia. Oh, I have two. D-I-D-A. Maybe I misspelled it. Oh. Okay, it's also in a super family. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same thing. Aeolid... Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Aeolidida. I don't have that one written down. I ignore it. <laughs> Aleodia. I... Wow. Unnecessary. <laughs> Get it together, tax Oodle lolly, oodle lolly. Golly, Golly what, what a, a mollusk. <laughs> <laughs> P- perfect. Family, Glaucidae. Okay. And genus, Glaucus or Glaucus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the species is Glaucus atlanticus, if that's the one you were, yeah, you were down to talk about. Yep, uh, that's a pretty cool name. That yeah, well, that's a lot of names. It's a bit of a misnomer. Well, not entirely a misnomer. You would think that it can only be found in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, but it is found in the Atlantic Ocean. It yes, not exclusively. Okay, so description time. What does it look like? It you the, the audience deserves. It just a thorough, um, like, painted mental picture of what this thing looks like. Because that's part of the reason why I chose it. Well, uh, if you're driving and cannot Google it, here we go. It's a small, symmetrical slug that doesn't look like your typical slug. It has a slender body with appendages coming off of it uh, on each side that almost look like hands. Mm-hmm. Like hands with many fingers. But instead of fingers... They have serrata, or karata. I would say serrata. For kung fu fighting. Yeah. For... <laughs> kung fu, not karate. <laughs> they use their karata <laughs> to do kung fu. <laughs> sure. It, there, it knows no, uh, no boundaries, no country boundaries there. So serrata are appendages found in nudibranches branches and other sea, sea slugs in particular. They are ornately colored with a silver streak that goes down their back with black stripes on each side. They have shades from light to dark blue on the rest of their body. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty colorful. It's the, it's like a monochromatic color, but it's same color pat like patterns, blues and grays. Mm-hmm. But it's it's pretty ornate. Uh, its dorsal side has a light color, while its belly slash foot 
uh, is a darker <laughs> color. It is a gastropod. It is a stomach foot. Uh, usually, uh, it's the opposite in the animal kingdom, especially in the ocean. This is called counter shading, when an animal's back is dark, but the belly is light. Um, and that helps camouflage. Um, when it's seen from below, uh, it blends in with the lit surface or the sky. Mm-hmm. And when it's seen from above, it blends in with the dark sea depths or the ground if you're a land animal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the opposite in sea dragons because the gas pouch that helps them float is located close to their foot or their belly. So it flips them upside down. Right. Uh, so they spend most of their time upside down. When they're floating around. Me too. Yeah. Uh, that's not true. When you're floating around, it's easiest to do it on I'm your not, back. I'm not upside down. I'm not just on my back. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but, but your dorsal side is facing down. Yes, yes. I, I would say that this is a little um, squishy lizard with palm fronds for hands. Palm fronds, yeah. Yeah. Or pom-poms. Yeah. But <laughs> palm fronds are like flat with... I'm I'm thinking of like the sable palms or the cabbage palms or whatever with the yeah not 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 those not the long ones those those roundish ones. It's it does not look like a sea slug at all. It looks more like I think a lizard. If you uh, don't live in a place where there's a lots of palm trees, and just look at like a a postcard that somebody sent you from Miami, I'm assuming people send you those all the time, just to like gloat about the weather and stuff. Just look up sable. <laughs> just look up the. Just look or look a blue blue sea dragon, or blue dragon. It's not even blue sea dragon. It's blue dragon. <coughs> you okay? Sea dragon would sound good. <coughs> yeah, it's just in there. Uh, a blue sea dragon. Yeah, there's a little. That's not good. No, you're gonna. Yeah, you need to get that out immediately. <laughs> Man, I feel like I have a buccal mass in my throat. Disgusting. Which is a something they have in their face. All right, so let's talk about their buccal mass. <laughs> let's not. Let's talk about what their <laughs> size is. <laughs> All right, here we go. It's time for the listener's most favoritest part of the show. So to introduce us today, we have Kent giving us some bass tones. Uh, without further ado, here's the listener's favorite part of the show. Measure up. That was deep. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was sultry. It was super deep. So here we go. Let's start with length or length. No, uh, it's length. It's three. It's three centimeters or two point one or one point two inches. Uh, don't get crazy. It's just one point two inches. Uh, two point one would be insane. It would be almost doubled. <laughs> How many blue dragons go into the total length of smog? According to the Atlas of Middle Earth, written by Karen Wynne Fonstad, and published in 1981. Hmm. Smog being the dragon from The Hobbit. Yeah. Here's a hint. The only description of size given by Tolkien himself was that smog couldn't fit through the secret passage even when he was young, which is five feet tall and wide enough for three people. Three, three men or three hobbits. That makes a big difference. I feel like men, but I maybe dwarves. Yeah, probably, probably dwarves. dwarves. But they're about as thick as a man. They're just shorter and stockier. Sure. I don't know if that's true. This isn't going to help me. <laughs> I You're think not looking for width at all. I'm combining what I saw in the, uh, like the 1970s cartoon of The Hobbit 
with the um the uh bumble snuff cummerbunds version and uh, uh i don't know there's big differences between those <laughs> two well give us a ballpark i don't know in the in the in the newer one <laughs> bilbo's like the size of his pupil and in the older one he's like the size of his head so well and also like the canonicalness canonicity of sure of these dimensions are not like a hundred percent it's like debated you know smog is the richest fictional character ever (laughs) i did hear that yeah he does have a lot of gold richer than mr monopoly and scrooge mcduck put together he has a large cavern just filled with gold yeah so in the length of smog Yes. I don't know. Let's say that he's, um, wow, this is hard. A blue (laughs) whale is like 95 feet long. That's a very large animal. Um, I would say that smog is maybe 250, maybe 300 feet. We'll go with 300 feet long. Okay. Um, and he's, this guy's (laughs) 1.2 inches. Um, quick math to find out. Which I didn't need to do to find out how many uh, how many times one point two goes into twelve, which is ten. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna say three thousand of these guys. Smog is, according to Karen Wynn Fonstad, eighteen meters or fifty nine feet long. What? <laughs> Man, the movie. Totally blew him out of proportion, even the cartoon. Uh, so that makes the answer 600 blue dragons. Oh, man. So, yeah. He was the size of Lake Town in the movie. <laughs> Goodness, uh, I've been deceived by Hollywood. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tolkien. Once again, deceived by Hollywood. Let's move on to Sarata. Sriracha? Uh, no, a little, a little spicy. That actually... Probably way more spicy. Yeah, this guy's a little bit spicier than Sriracha. <laughs> uh, Serata. The blue dragon can have as many as 84 Serata on its body. How many blue dragon Serata groups go into the total number of direct ancestors you have 20 generations ago? So, meaning... Can we stop the podcast? <laughs> Let me explain that to you a little bit better. No, you won't. I don't think you'll be successful. One generation ago, your pa- you had it was was your parents, and that's two people. I two generations it. ago, it's four people. <laughs> Here's a hint. What is the question again? <laughs> so, how many blue dragon serata, like the 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 total number of blue dragon serata? On um, how how many serata on one blue dragon? Yes. And you said eighty something. 84. 84 Serata on one blue dragon. How many of those How many groups? Serata. Yeah. Or how, how many Serata or how many blue dragons worth of Serata? Yes. Okay, that's second. Go thing. into the total number of ancestors you have 20 generations ago. Okay, so for every generation I add <coughs> two. Yeah. No. Yes. You add two? Yeah, so... No, it, it's an it's exponential. One generation is two. Two generations is, is four. You double it. I'm not doing this. <laughs> but obviously, I, I refuse. I, it's not. You don't have to. I'm not saying. 20, t- 16. <laughs> well, how many ancestors do you think? Well, here's a hint. Okay. 
This is actually kind of helpful. Everyone is upset at you right now, (laughs) including me. No, they're delighted. Uh, 34 of the 43 U.S. presidents are related to Charlemagne. Because of this. I'm, I'm, this phenomenon. I'm purposely going to forget that information. <laughs> <sighs> I'll give you another hint. No. So, if you go far back enough in generation-wise, it becomes impossible. Practically impossible for how many people there are. Like, enough generations ago, there's more people, mathematically, than there are on Earth at that time. So, but mathematically it works and there are things like uh i no longer trust any any of this okay it's been proved to be mathematically impossible so no two, it's mathematically possible practically impossible so yeah. you have two grandparents you have yeah. i mean you have four grandparents you had two parents it doubled then you have eight great grandparents right yeah but like th- that that gets to be an insanely high number yeah after so, 10 so what is it it's not a crazy number. I I think I would have to disagree. I well, think give I think us a guess. We're fun- fundamentally wrong at this point. Give us a guess, and I'll <laughs> and I'll tell you if you're wildly off. Three hundred thousand. You're wildly off. <laughs> well, yeah, you're you're yeah. The, the point is that I can type in three hundred thousand into my calculator times um, eighty four and get a number that fits on my calculator. That's automatically smaller than the number that I got to halfway through getting to this ancestor thing. <laughs> well, you could do that math just like, well, I mean, I guess you could look up the whole answer on Google, but if you did 20 to the power of 2 on... It's on, not 20 to the power of 2. It's 2 to the power of 2. It's 2 to the power of 20. <laughs> just be wrong then. Just get it. Get, give a get. I did give a guess. Well, okay. End my suffering. <laughs> okay. End everyone's suffering at this point. Yeah, you're right. 20 to the power of 2 is 400. That's wrong. That's very wrong. So it has to be 2 to the power of 20. It has to be 2 to the yeah, power yeah, of 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the correct number of generations or people in the generation 20 years ago is 1,048,576. Uh, so it, Is that what you got by multiplying 2 to the 20th power? Yes. Yep. Uh, the answer is 12,483 Serata groups. And we're all the better for it. I've, like, I've forgotten the whole school subject because <laughs> of that. Uh, that. It ended up not being that difficult a math problem. What is Manifest Destiny again? <laughs> uh, so let's move on to their distribution. Mm, okay, geography. I forgot that because of this. <laughs> they are pelagic. Do you know what that means? Uh, follow the teachings of Pelagius? Yeah. That's not true. Oh. It means they like the open ocean. It also means they can be found pretty much everywhere in the ocean. Most people believe that they can be found throughout all of the world's oceans, but they prefer warm, temperate, and tropical waters, like most things that live in the ocean, except for the Greenland shark. It's been recorded off the coasts of Africa, Europe, India, Australia, and Mozambique. So it, it, it goes everywhere, just like Johnny Cash, except for... It doesn't just go to cities in the United States. Yeah, that's a it's a bit of a hyperbole on his part. Yeah, I mean it's ethnocentric, as Johnny Cash is, was wanted to be. I'll be, I'll just be, I'll just go everywhere, and then he does a U.S. tour. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do some really fast facts. Like other snails and slugs, blue dragons are both male and female. After mating, they both 
but uh, both of the slugs lay eggs. So when we talked about the African land snail, mm-hmm. it was basically it it was decided based on the bigger one. The, which one was bigger? That would be the female, right? Here it's just like they both go for it. Okay, I think they could do it. I think it was the same situation. I believe them too. The... <laughs> I think they could do it. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. That was your fast facts. Yeah, it was very fast. <laughs> it was the one fact. All right, well, let's go on to the uh, the the majorest of facts for this guy. Uh huh. It's it's so the slug is predatory. Same. You never really think of slugs being predatory. You think of them just just when it comes ch- to chicken nuggets. <laughs> Predate on those nugs. <laughs> I'm a nug predator. Um, but you don't really think of slugs eating anything other than grass or seaweed or whatever. I don't even think about them eating grass. You don't You don't really think about slugs that often, do you? No. Me neither. Good for you. Um, <laughs> or bad for me. Learn no. about slugs. Why not? <laughs> Include them into your mental space, too. But these guys, they're, they're predatory. They like to, to eat um, specifically... Nidarians. Like I said earlier, he's they're the Nidarian nightmare. What? what is a Nidarian? A Nidarian is like a, is a jellyfish. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> uh, but specifically, they like to feed on um, hydrozoan uh, Nidarians. And hydrozoa, hydrozoa are little predatory, like plankton-like things, huh. but just bigger. That's where we diverge, I guess, me and them. Yeah, that would be... I'm not down with eating those. No, it would hurt because these guys release stinging things. <laughs> <laughs> they but, release stinging things? Is but, that what you just said? Yes. <laughs> but they, they come together... I almost said nettles, but they don't have nettles. But um, they, they come together right now over me. <laughs> <laughs> if you're underwater... But yeah, if you're if you're under the the ocean, but they they come together as one organ. One it looks like one organism, but it's really a, a colony of hydrozoans. Kind of like coral is actually a colony of um, individual polyps. Uh, these guys come together and forms what looks like a jellyfish. So a good example is the Japanese man o war. Ah, so this little um, brightly colored like sail balloon with stinging tentacles draped down is actually a collection of individual living organisms. They are legion. They are legion. Stinging legion. And they don't they don't like swim or anything. They kind of just float because it just takes so much effort to coordinate one, uh, like a, a breaststroke. <laughs> it's the... like they have this group text and nobody answers. Nobody <laughs> nobody answers. Everybody's got that group text on mute. <laughs> so the as you said the blue dragon likes to float around, upside down. Same. And, okay, we're back. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Still picturing your feet, like, just <laughs> at the surface. Um, but they, they swim as they float on the surface. So they can actually move relatively quickly for a slug. They can contract and ball up, and, and they, they can move their, their palm Sarata? fronds. I call the whole thing a palm frond <laughs> individually. <laughs> So that it can get to these floating colonies of hydrozoans. Um, and here are some of the things on the menu. The By the Wind Sailor. That's what it's called. Lots, huh. lots of dashes here. Um, it, this is a hybrid colony of hydrozoan, and it looks like a little sail. Nice. The other thing is the Blue Button. And this one is a very cool-looking guy. Um, another colony of hydrozoid whatever polyps. <laughs> 
And this one looks super cool. It, it looks like a golden medallion surrounded by teal peacock feathers or something yeah. like that. Isn't that cool? It is interesting. <clears throat> look it up when you're not driving. <laughs> um, the other thing is the purple storm snail. It can look like a um, uh, the other the blue button. It can look like a, a dream catcher. Yeah, it uh, <laughs> it definitely looks like a dream. Oh, that one's not gold. There was there was some that had like a gold center, and then yeah teal um, feather things. Um, so the the other thing on the menu is the purple storm snail. The, this snail actually eats the other the, those hydrozoans, um, but it also gets eaten by the sea swallow over here, <laughs> this, the, swallow. the blue dragon. Um, and then the last thing is a Portuguese man of war. Uh, all of these things have a pretty powerful sting, except for I think the purple storm snail. But the the, the difference is that the the blue dragon has an even nastier sting than all of these guys, and the question is, how does it have this nasty sting when it does not produce any of its own venom? Well, it kind of does this Tai Chi judo thing uh-huh. where, you know, somebody punches you and you take that punch, the energy from that punch, and you direct it back at your opponent. So as they're eating one of these man of war, they swallow the poison or the venom that it's um, trying to sting it with. Not same. No, yeah, we're back. We're we're back to yeah. <laughs> we're back to our differences. Yes. <laughs> Stop focusing on what sets us apart. <laughs> um, so they'll swallow the venom and then they'll store it in their serrata and their karate. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, it is. They do do kung fu. <laughs> they do. It's tai chi. Yeah. Um, and they'll they'll so they have like little receptacles um, in their in their fingers, uh-huh. and it gets concentrated there, more potent. And then they'll use that and release it into predators and into their prey and into your hand if you pick this thing up. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, it's going to hurt. Even though I've seen multiple pictures of people having one in their hands. Maybe if you placate it, sing it a song, <laughs> coo softly, Yeah, it'll, it will avoid stinging you. If you join, it's dojo. <laughs> it's dojo of coolness. So I, I'm imagining is he's like Liam Neeson in The Grey, at the end of The Grey. You're gonna, are you about to spoil the end of The Grey? No. For everyone who desperately wants to see this no. Oscar award-winning he, he movie? He just tapes a knife to his hands and, like, broken glass bottles to his other hand so he doesn't drop them in a fight. Against a wolf. <laughs> Possibly against a wolf. Possibly against another man. True. Maybe a bear. You never know. Maybe. Gotta watch the movie to find out. Yeah. It's not excellent. <laughs> it's okay. It's engaging. Yeah. You'll watch it to the end, hopefully. Anyway... He incorporates other things into his hands. Yeah, he takes weapons from outside yes. and puts it into his hands. Pretty much anyone who uses weapons could also be another metaphor for that. <laughs> <laughs> anyone who attaches the weapons to themselves. Yes. Um, Wolverine. Yeah. Although... No, they're not like Wolverine. It's more like Rogue. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, actually, that's all I got. This tiny little 1.2-inch sea slug that looks like an adorable little palm frond lizard squish ball yep. uh, floats upside down and swims toward Portuguese man-of-war and eats them entirely, takes their poison, puts it into its fingers, and then stabs other things with it. That's metal. And it like barely even has a brain. <laughs> it looks like a little man like draped in some sort of like costume cloth thing. Like, if you look at... Looks like a kite. Looks like a neat kite. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Very brightly colored. 
You know what else is like that kind of kite is dragons. They make kites like that look like that. Yeah. And so we're back to blue dragon. I typed in blue dragon. And you got blue eyes white dragon? No, I just got a bunch of blue dragons. Like <laughs> I don't know what you I gotta expected. Type in blue sea slug. Or Glaucus Atlanticus. Which is what the name of a dragon would be. That's true. Glaucus is definitely a dragon. It does seem like an ancient being. Mm-hmm. Look at this adorable like little guy. Just like looks like he's yeah, it looks very humanoid, like he's hunched over. Yeah, like, he's looking all, at the ground. He looks like a like a sloth thing, like a sloth badger. Yeah, interesting thing. Remember that blue sea slug. Look it up when you're not driving. Do you have anything else? No. Okay. So until then, for you out there in Podcastia, float upside down, dazzle your prey, and use your opponent's strength against them, like the blue sea slug in Life, Death, and Taxon. Hey everyone, it's time for you to float on over to your favorite podcasting app and leave a shining review for your favorite animal podcast. That's us. Just like the blue dragon takes the Man of War's venom and uses it to its advantage, so too do we take your reviews and turn them into, I I don't know, more listeners. Anyway, thanks to everyone who's left a review so far, and remember, the best way to help us is to tell your animal-loving friends all about our little operation here. And before I leave you, I want to get you to check out our favorite family-friendly Scooby-Doo recap podcast by our friends Chris and Kaylee called Meddling Kids Podcast, but I'll let them sell you on it. Do you like action? Yes. Adventure? Of course. Spooky ghosts? Um... Scary monsters? Why not check out Medley Kids? Listen in as Chris and Kaylee take a journey through the adventures of Scooby-Doo and those humans he's deemed cool enough to hang out with him. Listen everywhere your favorite podcasts are found. Like right next to that clue over there. Or at medleykidspod.com. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. I'm Joe. Wait, no, I forgot something. Let me get let me just start over.